what changed my life was I called my dad and I woke him up in the middle of the night and I told him, I said, dad, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is we have a boy. The bad news is that, you know, he only has two days to live and I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. First thing in that kind of a situation you do is, God, why me? You know, and uh, one thing my dad told me was very, very profound. He said, look, you know, you have to take this positive. You have to understand why this has happened. You never know, you know, God has chosen you because he thinks that, you know, you could be the best parent to, to, wow. to this kid. And yeah. instead of saying, why God me, you know, say, thank God for me, you know. Ever imagine being a parent of an immensely talented child with a rare bone disease? Meet Hiren from US, the father of Sparsh Shah, a singer, songwriter, rapper, inspirational keynote speaker who has been featured on Kaun Banega Karurpati with Sir Amitabh Bachchan. Hiren's 17 years of real-life experiences raising a child with special abilities will raise your level of consciousness to the next level. He believes that once you embrace uncertainty, you are gifted with the most incredible solutions to any problem in the world. Listen to a high-level empath who has witnessed miracles like no other being you've ever met before. Please welcome Hiren. Like, uh, you know, I can't imagine how I would feel Hmm. if I would be in your shoes, especially. So I wanted to really ask you as a dad, you know, know, having Sparsh, um, you know, in the last uh, 16 years or so, how -hmm. has it been your journey, really? How are you feeling about this journey? Yeah, so I'd like to take you back to all the way to his birth, right? Uh, And when we came here, we we landed in Chicago and I came here as a consultant on H-1B visa to US. And uh, when Sparsh was pregnant, that was the time when I all, like it wasn't doing, the IT industry was not that great, right? It was just after 9-11, we were in, it was 2002 and you know, after about nine, 10 months, uh, I almost lost my job and I had to move to New mm-hmm. Jersey while my wife was pregnant with Spurs. And mm-hmm. when we came here, we had no clue that mm-hmm. uh, what is coming. In fact, we were excited, of course, as first parents, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the first person to come or second, I, I would say, to come to US from my class of MBA. And... I was very entrepreneurial. I was very, um, you know, aspirational yeah. individual. When I was, you know, growing up as a student, I was the topper. I was one of the best professional sports person in my school, my college. Like I represented my college with in, in about four different sports all three years of my bachelor's degree, cricket, chess, badminton, and table tennis. So... You know, coming from that kind of a background, uh, and when we came here, doctors had not told us anything wow. about uh, his medical condition. And the only okay. thing that we were told was, uh, you know, his stature was a little short, and they said everything else looks fine. And the day he was born, that was the day our life just turned upside down, right? 
Um, Which day was that? That was April 30th, 2003. And mm. uh, my wife, during the pregnancy, during after her water broke, you know, doctor said that the baby is sinking and there's something going on inside which we can't figure out what's happening. They mm. thought maybe the umbilical cord went around his neck. We might need to operate yeah. right away. And uh, they asked us permission to do that split second decision. We said, yes, we had to do it, go ahead. Um, and after the C-section, uh, they came to me and they said, my wife was obviously unconscious. And they came and said that, you know, the good news is you have a boy, right? Mm -hmm. and the, uh, there's some challenge here. And mm -hmm. he, while he was being born during the contractions, he mm. had already started breaking bones in his inside the womb. Oh. oh my god! And he had close to about 25, 30 fractures. Mm. And when he came out, I mean, obviously, they did the other exercises, the regular routine checkups, like pulling yeah. the hands, legs, right? Yeah. He broke more bones, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was in a very, very critical situation. So they said, you know. Uh, we'll have to move him to another emergency room, which was about 20 miles away from where he was born in Edison. Mm. And uh, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So um, after yeah. that, I had to sign papers to let him go to the other hospital. My wife mm -hmm. is still unconscious. Mm. And then they come to both of us when she woke up and said, we think he's going to only live for a couple of days. He has this thing, a lost Genesis imperfecta. I had no clue. Yeah. what that was right yeah yeah and uh, and they said that you have a two days of prognosis just two days yeah he's like amazing. you know he's yeah. he's completely sinking he's broken all his bones his ribs yeah. are broken he can't even breathe and we cannot even cast a kid to today or a day old right so mm. it was just a situation which we had never even fathomed in our life yeah, yeah. so obviously you know um, yeah. What I did was I, I called my dad and and this is where, you know, Spursh and I've talked about this in some of our mm -hmm. talks. Spursh has actually talked about this in his speech as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what changed my life was I called my dad and I woke him up in the middle of the night and I told him, I said, dad, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is we have a boy. The bad mm -hmm. news is that you know he only has two days to live and I don't know you know, what's going to happen. And even if he lives, he'll never be able to walk. He'll never be able to do this. He'll never be able to do that. Mm. And I, I, in those two, you know, in that time frame from when I met the doctors and I called my dad, I'd done some more research about the medical condition and, and, and there was nothing positive about it. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first thing in that kind of a situation you do is God, why me? Yeah, and, of course. And I told the same thing to my dad. And I said, you know, with tears rolling down my cheeks, I'm like, Dad, why did God do this to us? Mm. And why, you know, we have to do go through this? Why would my child have to suffer? I've not done anything to anybody, you know. And uh, one thing my dad told me was very, very profound. He said, look, you know, you have to take this positive. You have to understand why this has happened. You never know, you know, God has chosen you because he thinks that, you know, you could be the best parent to, to, wow. to this kid. And yeah. instead of saying, why God me? 
you know, say thank God for me, you know. Yeah. And 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 see what happens. Don't worry about the future. Take every day at a time, right? Yeah. And and I came back. I I told Jigisha that look, this is what my conversation was. And then doctors came back to us to start talking about the cremation. They gave us a permission slip to sign if to let what? him go. If oh yeah, yeah. Oh, hard. That's it ridiculous. Was, it, I can't even describe that day. I mean, oh it was. Oh my God. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine being in that situation. And yeah. how, how was your wife? Especially, I had no friends, no parents. I mean, nobody around us. Like, yeah, I know. The support systems, anyways, are not so great unless you have correct. relatives there. But how exactly. was your wife feeling at that point? So, first thing was she was in a denial, right? She yeah. wasn't believing because she's like, I, I need to first see my son. Yeah, forget she, about everything, right? And, and she must be in the it. hospital, right? That correct, time. correct. And she had a yeah. C-section, so she couldn't even walk properly or stuff like that. So we were just both talking to the doctors. They're talking to us about you know all the future things that they may have to do in terms of um, letting him letting him go just in case if his situation wor- worsens. And gave us the permission slip and. We were both like looking at each other and said, nope, we're not signing this, no matter what happens. And and that's when we decided firmly that instead mm. of saying, why God me, we're mm. going to take it. We're going to see what happens. Mm. And after a couple of days, we were allowed to go and see him at the hospital uh, in the NICU in uh, Newark Medical Bethesda Hospital. Yeah. And that's where, you know, first time we saw him and it was just amazing. I mean, he's he was he was just laying on the bed, mm-hmm. and uh, with with six diapers under him. Yeah. So yeah, it was like you know if he pooped, then they would just take out one because so, they cannot even lift him. Yeah, he was he was so fragile. In that kind yeah. of a situation, exactly. Yeah. So we saw him, and and one thing my wife she observed that day was was something divine she's like looking at him and his eyes were so big and and he was very very cute and he just literally locked his eyes with my wife and and whenever she moved you know his eyes moved obviously his hands and legs were just frozen yeah because of fractures Mm -hmm. and and that those and when when we came home she's telling me on her on our way home she's like you know, I felt something today and, and I felt something which I can't even describe as if Spurs was talking to me and telling me that, you know, mom, dad, don't worry. I'm here. I'm here and I'm not going to go away. I'm, I'm going to hear to be in this world and do something. And, and that, that incident again, you know, bolstered our faith yeah. sure. uh, about not letting him go and he was in that NICU hospital for three months, one day at a time, right? Um, We visited him on a weekly basis. And then after three months, they moved him to another hospital for a rehab for for another three months. And he was in hospital for first six months of his life. Um, And obviously he had an NG tube in his nose because he couldn't even swallow any kind of a food. He couldn't even actually... uh, my wife couldn't even give him um, yeah. her milk, right? So sure, sure. we were in a situation where we were just learning everything one step at a time. And after yeah. six months, the doctors are like, what are you going to do? Put him in an institution, you know? Why do you want to 
you know, there's no future. How can and you be so brutal? I mean, I mean, it, it, it's just that they were like, and I said it maybe more brutally, but it, 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 they, they were, they were nicer, right? I mean, they no, were I mean, I know, I mean, I know how they react to these situations. I know they may right. not do brutally, but at the end right. of the day, you know, it, you know, it is the way it is, right? And, right. Right. you know, you know, initially it was two days and now still after six months, they are saying, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's, it, you know, it's quite amazing that even after six months, uh, they haven't developed the belief, right? That uh, is right. That is right. Because they have, they have seen other kids, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're like, look, there is a better option. You, you can put him in an institution and they will take care of him. You're, you know, new to this country. You are like, you've been here only a year and a half. And, um, you know, it, you would be better off putting him in an institution. And yeah. that was the conversation we've had. And my wife was like literally furious. She's like, no, I will take care of my kid. We will take him home. And mm-hmm. we lit- I remember that conversation with our doctors. It was a difficult conversation. We had to tell them, so don't worry. And by the way, we were living as a paying guest. We didn't even have our own apartment at that point of time. Oh. So we were living in a, as a paying guest in the basement. Oh, wow. And we had moved from Chicago to New Jersey. And so, did you have uh, insurance to take care of his expenses? <laughs> so, this is the funny part of about it is I had insurance from Chicago. Yeah. And I had no clue what was in network and out of network oh, at that point of time. There you go. Everything was out of network. Oh, so God. <laughs> nothing was covered. Oh. Uh, and I was responsible for majority of the bills. Yeah. And that's when the journey continued. The story continues. Yeah. Uh, every day we used to get so many mails, right? And my neighbors used to like ask me, "It's like you didn't you you got you got a lot of friends. You get a lot of mails and letters." I'm like, "Yeah, these are all hospital bills. I can give them to you if you want." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and medical is exorbitantly expensive yeah 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 of course even i've gone through this but obviously it's not even comparable to what you went so there was a time when i was like should i even file for bankruptcy or you know i don't even know how am i gonna pay all these bills right right. it was just crazy yeah yeah and on top of that even after we brought him home he still kept breaking his bones right he's he's turning on the bed and putting weight on his arm and breaks it or you know we're trying to lift him and his leg hangs from the body and breaks or, you know, doing mundane of the things, right? Yeah. It, it was, it just kept, kept happening and happening. And uh, we used to get a nurse uh, to look at him the entire night. And then it, it was, again, very, very challenging, right? Because first yeah. year or so, I think he didn't even, uh, he didn't swallow anything through his nose. And then yeah. another miracle happened. Mm. Uh, when he was one year old, the doctors were like, they gave us an ultimatum and they said, by this date, if he doesn't start drinking milk by mouth, then we'll have to put a permanent G-tube in his stomach. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we were like, oh my God, another thing to come and do. And for him, it's going to be a challenge. And two days just before that deadline, Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. And Mm -hmm. he started taking food by mouth, liquid by mouth. <laughs> That's amazing. 
And it was amazing. Like my, my wife changed the tube every single day. Like you have to measure it all the way through your intestine. And then it, you take the one out and they put the new one in. So, so it's like, you know, in some ways, God gives you this big, uh, in, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, you could say an obstacle or a challenge. And then slowly, mm-hmm. slowly he starts giving you gifts to show you in some right. way that, you know, right. that uh, if you keep your hopes high, I guess we always have a way out of situations, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's it's all about, you know, keeping a positive mindset, right? Like we yeah. we never were, like I know it's it's challenging. Like I, I don't even remember right now how many sleepless nights I've had. Yeah. Or I don't even remember how many hospital visits we have now. We've lost the count. Like yeah. the 140 plus fractures, Obviously, was is, is a number that we are. We, I can say only with about eighty percent accuracy that we are there, right? You might have even broken mm. more bones uh, mm. because there are now so many incidences where we've just casted him home. Like recently yeah. during the uh, lockdown, yeah. he he broke his arm. Yeah, he had a an injury in his tailbone, mm. and he also broke his pinky toe. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, um... You know, I remember last month during his birthday, this happened, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. And we haven't taken him to any yard now. So, hmm. okay. yeah, so the, that's another thing that sparse jokes about us is like my parents are half doctors. They just <laughs> need to get the medical degree now. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's amazing. All this real experience. So, uh, you know, in some ways I am talking to a real life uncertainty expert. Right, and in some ways, really, you put everybody else to shame. All the leaders who talk about great resilience and all these empathy and all these sexy words. Right, should, right, uh, right. You know, I feel like, you know, you have a lot of this in real time, like all the learnings and lessons. So, you know, if you had to choose two or three things to talk about, mm-hmm. what would mm-hmm. that be uh, in terms of, you know, how do you? remain so hopeful and uh, energized even when your whole life in the past say 17 years every day is a new day right you can't even plan i guess so far into the future and in some ways humanity across you know across the world is undergoing the same problem which Mm -hmm. you've been undergoing in some way in the last 17 years right? right Uh, we right. only have in some way six to eight weeks of uh, experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, two or three things, if you can choose about how do you remain so, uh, you know, hopeful and always looking, you know, up. And also, I guess, in terms of inspiration, like I know how hard it's been, but how mm-hmm. do you derive inspiration? And from where that inspiration, you know, is there a source? of inspiration from where you are able to really, you know, keep your hopes high and, and keep going on. Yeah. I would say that positivity is the biggest key in life. Right. And um, it also was a little bit of my upbringing, my parents, the way they brought me up, you know, I um, mentioned to you earlier is when, when you, face challenges right early in life um i would say i i always say this in more positive tone because 
you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you're, you're still a young, young boy and you're going through all this. But I, I would say, thank God to put me through that early in my life, because yeah. now that I think of it, you know, there is nothing that can happen worse than what we've already seen, right? What can be worse than that, right? I mean, yeah. in life, one thing is that you, um, pe people overthink a lot sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, about their situation. And as I said, taking one day at a time is a key to something big or any kind of a pandemic or any kind of a tough situation you're going through, right? Yeah. Let's not the problem overtake you, right? Because yeah. uh, there may or may not be a solution. I, I love the, um, uh, this 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 diagram that um, Gaur Gopalasji had shared with us once, and uh, in his talks also he talks about is is why worry thing, right? Mm -hmm. That if you can control something, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have a problem in life? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, can you do something about it? Yes, you can solve your problem by worrying. Mm -hmm. And um, it's okay. Go ahead and uh, take that thought. We can no, always no, edit no. this out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no worries. Let me let me restart because there was a bang in my mind. Sure. So so I love I love this quote by Gaur Gopal Dasji. Right? Why worry? Uh, he says that if you have a problem in life, yes. Mm -hmm. And can you do something about that problem? And if you say yes, which means you can solve your problem, then why worry? Mm -hmm. But if you cannot do anything about it, then also why worry? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, you can't do anything about it. So let, let's not worry about the things that you cannot control. Mm -hmm. And let's only worry about things that you can control. So can I change Spurs' medical condition? Even if I have a million or a billion dollars in my pocket or in my bank account, I cannot change that. So I'm yeah. not going to worry about that. Right? What I'm going to worry about is how am I going to help him? How am I going to work with his current situation and make the best out of it right so that's really important and that's that applies to anything that you do if you're treating or, or dealing with a COVID-19 situation or if you're at work situation right a lot of times we worry at work too about things that you don't control and yeah. you yeah. can only influence certain things right yeah. um, so things that you can control let's work on it the second most important thing I believe is, you know, giving 110% to everything. And I always say 110% and people say, there is no such thing as 110% even. <laughs> so I'm like, for you, it may not be for, but, but for me it is. Cause yeah, what yeah. I think 110 is, you know, I'm going to give my heart and soul to what I'm going to do. Right. And I'll give you several examples from my own life or my, our family's life situations where we were, um, you know, we were, we had to make certain decisions in our lives. And yeah. for example, about six, five and a half years ago, when Sparsh won the Young Voice of New York City competition, mm -hmm. I was living my dream, doing my, uh, you know, I, living my dream in my career. I was working for a big four consulting firm. Yeah. And that's something that I always dreamt of when I was doing my MBA. I'm mm -hmm. one of the top four consulting companies in the world. And I'm like, uh, what is my next career? And I was getting promoted as a director. And um, Hiren, if you don't path. mind, I think I'm losing you. 
uh, if you can just speak into the mic a little bit, it'll be great. Sure, sure. Because I think I'm losing you. Yeah. No worries. So, you know, just about five and a half years ago, uh, when Sparsh won the Young Voice of New York City competition, hmm. uh, I was working for a big four consulting company, which was my dream job. And I had a clear path of becoming a director as well as, you know, becoming a partner in another five years or seven years. Mm -hmm. And I said, what, what, what do I love to do every day? I mean, yes, I love my job, but I also love, you know, what I was doing for my family and I supported my family. Mm -hmm. So I actually decided to quit my dream job at that point of time to put in my 110% in something that I love to do. Mm -hmm. And in just last five years, you can see, you know, I mean, the rest is history. Sparsh now is known and is being followed in about all, over 200 countries, all 180 countries. Mm -hmm. Sparsh says there's that there are not 200 countries in the world. He knows the mm -hmm. facts better than I am. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, he's, he's followed across the world. He's become a global icon. And, and I still haven't actually, um, left my passion. My passion, both on the project management side, I've still pursued that. I've still grown in my career, but then I've also, on the other side of my life, you know, I've given um, the other 50% to, to Spurs, his career, to my family. Mm. And on the way, I've sacrificed some of my personal stuff. Like, I've played professional league cricket in US after I came here for about nine years. Oh, and really? I had a cricket team called Sports 11, which I quit <laughs> as a captain. Oh, um, wow. okay. So there are a lot of things that, you know, um, I had to quit, but then I again come back to that 110%, right? Yeah. I want to give 110% to everything that I do. And yeah. that's really, really important because then I don't get tired. Even if I sleep only five or six hours, uh, which I don't advise anybody, but yeah. Uh, you know, you're not tired. You're you're always in your flow, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really important because sometimes, you know, you're doing something that you don't like, and if you don't put your 110 percent, then it's not worth it. And then yeah. I think the last the last thing is that you know, uh, I believe to keep learning, right? Mm -hmm. Keep learning is really important in life. Mm -hmm. No matter how good you get at your craft. There's yeah. always room to learn. And that's what I've been doing, uh, both from work perspective or even from family perspective or for Spurs. Yeah. Spurs still has, you know, as he says, he has a long way to go. Um, yeah. You know, he has so many other big dreams and aspirations. You know, he wants to now bring out his album. So yeah. we are working towards that. We are yes. now working towards a lot of other things. He wants to write a book in the very, yeah. in future. Yeah. You're even talking about a biopic, you know, for him. That's so amazing. things like that, right? Yeah. And, and all these are his ideas. All these are his ideas and we fuel it. So yeah, I think yeah. no, obviously, the, the idea I mean, is that yeah. what we do is we, we keep that creative flow between us, right? We say that, okay, let's think, let's not first limit ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. If once you limit yourself, then that's the end of creativity. You take you you are a creativity coach. You know that far better than anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. The biggest limitation is in your mind, right? Yeah, it's you yourself. And yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just shut down all the negativity around me. Like it. I remember some of my friends telling me the same same things that the doctors told me. 
there are always wins and losers, right? Mm. Um, so you cannot win every time in your life. And that's, that's a very important lesson. Um, so you have to learn from your losses. Mm-hmm. And when you go through bad times, that's when you take time back to reflect and say, look, this did not go well as what you expected it to. Mm-hmm. And there will be more number of times in life, if you really look at it, that you will have those losses. As long as you don't let your losses linger and you don't let, and if you, if you don't learn from those losses, that's when, you know, uh, it hurts you. But if, if you don't, if you don't um, let that overcome you as a person, um, then, then the future is always bright. And, and I, this is what Sparsh tells me now, that dad, if you had not seen the light at the end of the tunnel, then I wouldn't have been here, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's what I tell everybody, that sometimes you may or may not be able to see that light at the end of the tunnel. Don't mm-hmm. worry, mm-hmm. you know, just keep at it. Keep at your current stuff. Don't mm-hmm. think too much about your future and worry yourself because of the future. Uh, sometimes it's always good to stay in present. Yes. And that was the biggest belief or a behavioral change that came through. And I think the second biggest change that ha- happened to me was I had to, at some point of time, decide uh, between some of my personal aspirations versus supporting my family, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I say this because a lot of times we as human beings are selfish and, yeah. and we want to always do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And you will see these days, like, you know, there are so many movies like Three Idiots, right? You can say that, okay, parents want their kids what they want them to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, but once you see, start looking at life from other people's eyes, mm-hmm. um, that's when you might think and come back and say, you know what? Maybe I have to change. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, there was a time when I realized that Maybe God has given me Sparsh. He's not just an individual. He's a soul that I truly believe from the deep within my heart that he's one of its kind. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he's, he's someone that, you know, God has given to us for a reason. And, and I, I could see that maybe if I have to take a back seat, that's okay. Because, you know, um, it's not always me who has to be first. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, I have to look at it from that perspective. And if mm-hmm. one starts looking at it from that perspective, that it's not me always, mm. life will seem different. And he's super gifted. Yes. Like in terms of everything, right? And the way he talks mm-hmm. is, you know, everything he can do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Everything he does, I've always, you know, I've, I've always admired him in the way he obviously speaks so inspirationally, but right. also in the way he sings and the way he's trying to stretch himself with that whole Eminem uh, rap mm-hmm. video he created. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if God had actually given him everything right, he would have been an angel. 
he wouldn't be on board <laughs> so i i i have actually dreamt a few times about it you know i okay. i'll be honest that i've seen that in my dreams that you know he's a divine soul and 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 i believe that you know from the bottom of my heart and that's the reason why i said that you know sometimes i had to take a step back and said look you know it's not me you know sometimes it's it's about who he is as a person it when he was growing up like you know we gave him uh, we gave him all the positive environment like we've given we've given him uh, a situation where you know we we used to watch like for example we used to watch a ted talk every night like when he was 6 years old mm-hmm. or 7 years old and at that point he would like say that i do my own ted talk he did that when he was 13 <laughs> we, we i took him and gave him opportunities in you know um, in areas where as a parent you're supposed to do but then uh, there was a point in time when it, it clicked there is there is this click which you yeah. have to look for Yeah, like where you say yeah. that yes you know this is what one is brought in in this world for and if you can see that clip yeah. happen in your life i think it will change your life simply it will yeah. simply change your life no you're right you're absolutely right and uh, it's been only 2 years that i've been watching him grow in so mm-hmm. many ways i can imagine as a dad how you know you're feeling so proud and happy about the creation right you so like it's just amazing uh, the best uh, thing is that the best thing is that his resume has gotten longer than mine <laughs> i have about 6 7 certifications apart from my bsc bachelor's in science and mba yeah uh, you know but uh, like now the yeah. way it happens is i'm traveling in a train and people come to me and they're like how's first doing you don't how need was, a cv with sparsh exactly how yeah. how was his last fracture you know i love uh, or how was his last surgery yeah. and 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 he's not even around you so yeah, yeah. that's no, amazing so, no absolutely and and actually you alluded to an excellent thing because you know you and i in some ways in the way we have been educated and born and brought up in indian backgrounds mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are all about the profile about the resume right. and the cv right we've been mm-hmm, told mm-hmm. that your life is actually that cv and in some ways right. we bil- we have started believing now in the last 2 mm-hmm. 3 years the mm-hmm. journey which i have started uh, mm-hmm. is so i feel so happy about it that i've thrown my cv out of the window i don't even Correct. talk about it right yeah. that is what i can feel as you're speaking about sparsh it's mm-hmm. when you truly go after your dream and that flow state and you're with him then the profile and cv is just you know it's a, you know it's no more important it becomes yeah. about you as a being and being you know helping others become the true version of themselves and is what i see him doing is just so inspiring yeah absolutely thank you and i i don't also would like to give credit to my wife and my yeah. family for this because you know she's being the pillar right so yeah. you had asked me this question about behavioral change right what mm. has changed in my life mm. is you know i was actually a little bit more of a chicken when i was growing up in a school right i used to mm. cry um, a little bit you know if things would go wrong even i i still remember some of my friends used to make fun of me it's like you didn't you would stand up in a class and cry if your teacher would scold you right and 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 my wife you know she's been a rock i mean she is a fighter and and coming from a gujarati medium background she never even spoke english yeah. um 
you know, properly before like we landed in US. And uh, now that where she is, she's not quit her job for last 20, 17, 18 years, continuously working plus taking care of everything. Yeah. Um, one thing that she has taught us is the adaptability quotient, right? How important that is. I mean, now we talk that jargon in corporates. <laughs> you know, we talk about IQ, EQ, and AQ now. Like, yeah. if I look back, yes. I think we've been living that adaptability quotient as a family. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And this whole jargon about being agile, you're right. living it in your daily lives every exactly. day. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Amazing. And I guess every day is a sprint cycle for you. <laughs> right? Correct. You go, Correct. you go, you try something, come back. Improve. Right. It doesn't work. Let's change it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so important, right? In terms Correct. of, so I wanted to a uh, quick one, right? Like in terms sure. of how all of these things you've learned, you know, as you're saying, how have you been able to apply it at work? I'm sure it has impacted the way you're doing at work as well. Right. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. It, it has helped me a lot. I mean, in, to grow professionally in my career too, right? Mm, mm. Uh, things that I told about, you know, what are important to me, what things that are important to me, like the, the, the positivity part, right? Mm -hmm. I don't let, you know, a bad day take over me yeah. at work either, right? Yeah. If, if I always think about what is in it for me in the grand scheme. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. Which, is, uh, which is what is interesting because, um, you know, doing PMO stuff, requires a lot of planning and diligence and Correct. at times at times if the plan is not going as per your it will uh, never go exactly yeah so so it's interesting to hear your viewpoint correct correct so like you know i'll give you an example of uh, my previous company that i i worked at it is a it, it was a financial services firm a very very well known reputed uh, mutual funds distribution company and when I joined them there, um, you know, I was given a portfolio of projects to manage and I came in and I mm -hmm. saw that about 70, 80% of the projects were actually either yellow or red, yeah. which people said it was all green, right? And, and when I really started digging in, I found out that, oh my God, what have I taken up? <laughs> like, like 80% of the projects are either yellow or, or, or red. And someone who's just entered into that job and sees that it's a hardest, hardest task now to turn this around, you know, would probably either give up or would take wrong steps. And I took a step back and said, what is in it for me? And, and even if I cannot do this, there's no big deal, right? So what I've seen in my life, it's worse than these things. Mm -hmm. So I took that learning lesson from my life and said, you know what, I'm going to take a step at a time. Let me first decide what are all the mitigation plans to convert these projects from yellow or red to green, yeah. go to my CIO, have a face-to-face -face talk with him and say, look, this yeah. is where we are today. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is what it will take us to go where we want to go. Sure. And it's not going to be an easy journey. Mm. You ha I had to have that difficult conversation with him yeah. rather than, Telling him everything looks great, and after six months, mm. the shit would hit the fan, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was one big thing that nice. I, I yeah. took from my life and 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 applied yeah. at work. And the yeah. second thing we talked about slightly, or you touched upon, and was the empathy piece, right? Mm. Where 
you know, the first line on my LinkedIn profile says that an empathetic leader, right? The reason mm. why I put that word was not because I wanted to use the jargon, mm. but life has made me empathetic I'm uh, sure. with my experience, right? Yeah. And with what we've gone through, I have always felt that, you know, you're always dealing with people, even if, yeah. whether it is work or whether it's personal life, sure. right? So when you start thinking about it from other person's perspective, that's yeah. when, you know, you can deal with situations at work even far uh, better than anything else. That's where empathy has helped me in my career. And then the third principle of mine about, you know, keep learning, right? Yeah. Uh, I've just kept on learning. I've found time to do all industry certifications like I've done. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done PMP, I've done Certified Scrum Master, I've done Lean yeah. Six Sigma Black Belt, I've done a leadership, three-year leadership program from Wharton. Yeah. Uh, last year, I did my Scaled Agile certification. Now, it's amazing yeah. how you've been able to do all of this with everything going on at home, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm just wondering, <laughs> where do you get the time to do it? And this mm. whole, you know, I guess everybody in that case has a wrong notion about this thing between home and work because in yeah. some ways you really in some ways mixed the learnings and inspiration from both sides right correct correct absolutely absolutely and i think it's it's all about you know how so in in this day and age like with with digitalization that's that's how we started our conversation right mm. uh, life has blended right uh, we we talked about balance your life, but then it's, you know, your work life and your personal life has almost become one, right? And especially yeah. now that we are working from home, mm. uh, it's become more uh, integrated, seamless and integrated, right? Yeah. So you have to, uh, you cannot be a different person at work and you cannot be a different yeah. person at home. Yeah, yeah, right? no, I mean, I, those I, days are gone, right? You, yeah. you were wearing a different mask uh, at, at work versus at home. Yeah. Uh, I feel that there should be no such mask, right? This is who you are, both yeah. at work and at, 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 in your personal life. And if you live that, then you don't have to worry about putting up different faces in different places and different situations. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's a good one because every time, you know, as you were talking about that, I was, I was actually visualizing this image that I got recently where this guy, mm -hmm. he's having a meeting on Zoom. He's wearing uh -huh. a a jacket and a proper suit and tie on the top, but below is right. a Bermudas. <laughs> right? So right. It, right. it's so fake because the human inside is still the same. But then <laughs> we chose, we always choose to, uh, you know, in some ways play two roles without really right. understanding that the guy right. opposite who's listening to you, yeah. he doesn't really care or she doesn't care about the way you look. Exactly. At this point, it's all about the things you say and the yes. decisions you make, <laughs> right? Correct. Absolutely. And especially when you go higher in your career, it's a lot more important because it's more about the substance, yeah. right? And it's more about what you can bring to the table. When yeah. you become a senior executive, I think when you talk about leadership skills, when we talk about, you know, skill sets, like when we talk about leading transformation programs, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, you can only pretend to who you 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 are up until 
certain level in your career after yes. that if you cannot bring your authentic self to work yeah. yeah then you will never be able to progress absolutely absolutely and it's so true in this whole space of digital transformation because mm-hmm. every time we we speak about that a lot of people who are not from the tech space think right. it's about implementing some technology or adopting some platform where mm-hmm. a lot of people are still not accepting the fact that it's about your mind you are not evolving in the digital yeah. age right <laughs> so yeah. a, right. A, a lot of that is what i think is true transformation and then technology of course right uh, with right. this whole industrial to information age and all of that is just amazing that you know you bring up that whole authentic self because ultimately you know as you said it starts with empathy it starts yes. with if i can keep um you know if i can understand really think act feel see here and do as the other guy and then really help mm-hmm. that individual as opposed to sympathizing with that individual and then really you don't see a solution out of that absolutely and i believe truly that gone are those days when you were leading with your authority right um, that's another very firm principle that i believe in and you know there were times when you were just given an authority and you were asked to run a ship and those days are gone i mean now nowadays you we you and i we are aware of all the jargon servant leadership all of that but yeah. you know i think i think um, you know you can only lead with your authority to a certain extent and uh, if you are not empathetic towards your people towards your team like i always ask this question time and again to myself when i'm at work is like you know what legacy am i going to build here right yeah. if i cannot understand my people then what good leader am i right so yes, that's very very important according to yeah absolutely that, uh, that's why i always make sure that uh, i try to understand their side of the story first even before i uh, make any decisions or judgments and that's also uh, something that i've learned through my personal experiences uh, while dealing with spurs or with my family or you know there were times when you know we we had to make so many hard decisions in life and mm. um those are the experiences that have helped me become a better person so that was irin i really hope you enjoyed our candid heartfelt free flowing conversation and took away something from it this is avi your host signing off do watch out for our next episode by following your other side on all major podcast platforms until then keep exploring your other side